What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Digi Tavern. I know it's been a while, but this is an episode of Juani Plays, and we have some things to talk about. Let's roll an intro. Let's get into the podcast, and we're coming up in on the, we're coming up on the end of the year, and I have to ask myself: Is Cyberpunk twenty seven seven the comeback game of the year? Is that a genre to for a game to win? Does it need to be? Let's roll an intro. Let's get into the podcast. <laughs> and welcome back thank you so much for tuning in again i know it's been a long 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 time since we've had a podcast uh there is just a quick announcement about all that stuff uh really in truth really and truthfully we have been in a a hiatus, a little bit of a rut. Uh, there's just been a, a weird schedule kind of situation. Uh, me being in my head too much and not thinking none of this is working. Um, and Fredo has been on the road. He now lives on the road, basically. Uh, he's traveling for work. So it's been pretty difficult between, you know, family time, friend time, and podcast time to sit here and record something. And today I have a second here. I've been feeling a lot better and I decided to sit here and record a podcast. And this is something that I have been thinking about for a little while. So in my time, my hiatus time, I've had a lot of time to think and to do a lot of different things. And video gaming, unfortunately, has not really been one of those things. Um, I have beat a couple of games, um, forced myself to kind of play some things, uh, to use my time a little bit, uh, or to d- distract myself, I should say. Um, but with that being said, uh, one of the games that I wanted to go back to, which was a game that me and Fredo have constantly argued about here on the Digi Tavern podcast, even though this is an episode of Joanie Plays, uh, we have argued over and over again about how terrible and on my side and how he felt that this game was amazing but just didn't live up to expectations that the people put on the game and that game is in that game in question is cyberpunk 277 so if you have been following the interwebs which i'm sure a lot of you have uh cyberpunk had a resurgence back when edge runner came out on netflix and uh there is a lot to be said about what Netflix is doing wrong. Um, but one of the things that they were doing right is that they are really creating this sense of uh, video game gamers world and bringing it, bringing it to like television or TV or to stream or whatever. Like they're taking the things that we like, like League of Legends, Dota, The Witcher, though let's not talk about that one right now. Um and because it's still fresh <laughs> and uh, cyberpunk and a couple of other, other things that they've kind of come out with. Uh, and they've made this kind of combination of, of TV show and video games. And it's actually working really well. I honestly think it's one of the one of the big things why Netflix is still soaring, not as high, not nearly as high as they were once upon a time. But it's one of the reasons why I think they're still relevant, in my opinion. But this is not a podcast about Netflix, though it could be. Uh, <laughs> this is about cyberpunk. 
Project Red did a really good idea, had a really good idea, and they did a really good thing working with Netflix to make Edge Runner. And if you haven't watched Edge Runner, I highly recommend it, if, especially if you've played Cyberpunk 2077. It's almost like a prequel into Cyberpunk 2077, and it follows a character named David, and it follows his life and path of becoming an Edge Runner. And he, uh, in a nutshell, basically becomes kind of like what we are in 277 and cyberpunk 277 which is someone who is just like fighting against the system uh who doesn't fit in uh, in one way or another whether you start off as a street kid a corpo or as a outsider i forget their name a nomad uh, or as a nomad and you just kind of have to find your place in the world and that's what david's doing in this entire show series and i'm not going to spoil anything i'm not going to really talk about it too too much but what it does is it really sets the precedent for the game and the world itself. And this kind of really, I really have to like give a ton of credit to Project Red because Project Red has created this world and it's just, it's just, I don't want to say it's sad, but it's created this like almost like terrifying future of cyberpunk and and it really captures how i guess it is sad how sad the world has become and how desperate individuals are and how people just feel like they're in a rock and a hard place and it's just a matter of making some decisions that either give you short-lived success or a slow burn to your ultimate demise and it's kind of is a little jarring sometimes because watching edge runner i it got sad a couple times because it just it makes you think about how like how desperate people are sometimes and we don't really truly understand why someone does something because those people there are people out there right now who feel that desperate in our timeline and that's kind of terrifying when you think about that but Cyberpunk 277 and Edge Runner, they really fed off of one another. Because when Edge Runner came out, the Cyberpunk 277 uh, store bot or the the store numbers on Steam showed that people were playing it more and more and more. Because again, Edge Runner set the tone and the and the feel and the vibe of that world. It it, it presented the story in a different position. In a way that, like, maybe we weren't paying attention to it before. Maybe we were just like, oh, we're V, whatever. We're living his life. But now we're seeing someone else's life. We're seeing someone else's, several someone else's lives. And we're seeing how how sad they are. Or how burnout, flame out, boss of the wall. Let's, let's do this, you gunk. And let's make it happen. And then one day it just stops. Because that's Night City. Night City will eat you up regardless of your decisions, whether you're good or bad or somewhere in between. There is no happy ending, not in the world of cyberpunk, not and especially not in Night City. So, like many people, it made me go back and play Cyberpunk 27.7. And I wanted to sit down and I wanted to play it because if you guys remember, which I, it's kind of hard to remember, but I stopped playing Cyberpunk 27-7, the main story, the time where you're meeting Goro for the uh, parade uh, downtown in Kabuki. 
and I stopped playing there because from what I was under, from what I understood, there was a glitch or a bug and that prevented you from like playing that uh, sequence. So I stopped playing that game and or I stopped playing the game. Actually, that's true. Um, but I stopped playing that storyline because I never got the phone call from Goro to, hey, let, let's do this. Make this happen. Blah, blah, blah. But then I found out that like, OK, no, you need to actually go and speak with Pan Am. And Pan Am is going to kind of set the tone for the next sequence, which is to get that phone call from Goro. Um, because then you meet this other guy who, who and if, you, if you've not played Cyberpunk, I'm going to spoil this game. So spoiler alert. Um, by playing Pan Am's storyline, you meet basically the, the guy who created the chip, the, bio, the biochip that has Johnny Silverhand's engram inside of it and that you have in your head. And... You have to basically do a favor for a favor. You give Pan Am a favor, and she gives you a favor. And her favor is helping you get this guy. And when you get him, he starts telling you about the biochip is pretty much destroying your brain. It's not going to recover. You're not going to make it. There is really no option for you at this point in the game. And which is really weird because I feel like it's pretty early in the storyline for your character. Which makes me think that like the prologue where where Jackie is in, um, you could probably take more time to do whatever it is you want to do then rather than kind of rush through that entry part and then move into the part post Jackie. Which when I think about that, I feel like it, I wonder I wonder if there's more in, in like, I guess, interaction with Jackie in the beginning and maybe I missed out on a lot of that because I kind of was thinking to myself, oh, nothing's going to happen. It's all good and great. It's fine. I want to see what happens in the storyline. Uh, I don't want to get I want to get sidetracked by the side missions, which there is a lot. And I will talk about that in a second. But I stopped playing there because I just didn't understand what was happening. But going back and playing the game again and coming back to the game to a polished game, mind you. I I've been on here several times and I've talked about how bad Cyberpunk's punks bugs were, how bad the glitches were, how bad the system was, how bad just the whole integration of what the city does or the concept of what you're doing, how it affects the world. I, I just talked about how bad it was because I I've stress tested this game for hundreds of hours, for hundreds of hours, hundreds of hours. Uh, my gameplay was over 100 hours. It was almost 200 hours that I put into Cyberpunk because I put about 120 hours into the game in its buggy form because I wanted to stress test the hell out of it, but I didn't want to enjoy the storyline because I knew I wasn't going to. So that's why I stepped away. And then coming back to a clean and polished game, which I have to, you know, hats off to Project Red. Like they did a really, really good job of fixing this game. I mean, this game is wonderful. Uh, with with no bugs I mean there's still some bugs I mean like it's it's kind of hard to have a game that has zero bugs especially now especially with a game like this where there's so many things happening all at once um, it just was hard to kind of enjoy the game especially with the way that they wanted us to enjoy the game when you think about that think about that I'm a developer I've developed the game I want you to enjoy the game that I have made but if I have a lot of bugs in that it's going to kind of keep you from really enjoying it. And that's what happened with me. 
I had a lot of fun. Don't get me wrong. I had a lot of fun mowing down people left and right in the cars and ha- not having the cops come after me, or they come after me and they chase me for like twenty seconds and I turn the corner of that same block and they're like, "Up, oh, guess he's gone." Like that was a little ridiculous, and it just wasn't. I don't know. It just wasn't up to par with what I expected from a city game like that when we have Grand Theft Auto and Saints Row out here that do that very well. But they fixed it. And playing that game again, playing that game in its to its fullest and giving myself to the characters like Johnny, like Rogue, like Pan Am, like Carrie, uh, like your character, you really start to get attached to these people to this world and man I just I didn't realize first off that I was so close to finishing the game after that parade system Uh, because the Pan Am sequence that I that you play I enjoyed thoroughly one of my favorite things about video games is that when they create that bond between the protagonist and the protagonist's allies I love that bond that a game can do sometimes. And sometimes they're done so well that you get so invested. Mass Effect comes to mind with this because in Mass Effect 2 and 3 and in Mass Effect 1, you have that, you have those characters around you that are so important to you as your, as the captain or the crew. And they, they really mean something. And that bond develops and stays developed over time uh, like over the game series and especially like for me like I was a Talibasnima a romancer because to me like there was so much mystery to her there was so much sweetness and simplicity to her but she was so complicated because she was for people and also love and but also survival and also like wanting to give herself to something and to someone and it was so, I always loved that because I could not play that game and not romance Tally. I just couldn't. And it was a part of that game that really attached me to that world and and to that character. And that's what Cyberpunk did really well with these characters. I, I mean, like, I, I always felt that with Judy's story that there was, it was weird. I didn't like Judy's story. Um, I felt like she was, she's like a lot of people in in Night City. They're not meant long for the city. They don't want to be here. No one wants to be here. This is not a place of opportunity. This is not New York. This is not, if you can make it here, you can make it anywhere. No, it's, it's if you don't die here, you'll just end up dying somewhere else. And that's Night City. And Judy's story is very much that. And that kind of opened my eyes uh, to Night City in that, in, through her storyline. And I love that. But I also didn't like her storyline for some reason. I just, she always felt distant and maybe standoffish. But from my understanding, if you play as a female and you go down the path of romancing her, she gets more vulnerable and is, opens up more. And I think that that is what was missing for her as a character because I wanted her to open up and to like to be vulnerable to let me understand me as the person not the player me understand what's wrong with you because I want to help you 
but she doesn't want that. That's the point. And I think when you have those two different perspectives, that's amazing. Like 100%, that is amazing when you do that. So I went down the line of romancing Pan Am. And I tell you, when I tell you that I could not get Pan Am out of my head playing this game, I just, there's something about her that just made me like, like fall in love with this character. And it's so, and this is what a game does or what anything does when a movie, what a book, what a game. This is why I feel like movies, books, and video games are all on the same level for me. They're all about how much you buy into it, how much you give yourself to this product, how much you're giving yourself to what it is you're watching, whatever you're consuming, because you want to buy the reality of, of them. How real can they be? How, how genuine can they be? And Pan Am, man, Pan Am is the most genuine individual in that game that it makes me so sad <laughs> because again, this is all spoilers to know what happens at the end of, with my character to know that one day she's going to be by herself breaks my heart. It just, it does because it, it shouldn't be that way. But the game forces your hand. Now, Pan Am is such a such a great character. She's so she is so vulnerable. She is so open. And she's like tough exterior, mushy interior. And she breaks that wall down for you because she trusts you, because you earn that trust. Now you can, you know, go against the grain and she wants something to do with you. Sure, that's that's possible. But if you if you work with her, she will treat you like family. And that's the avocado method is, is family, family over everything. And I think that that's why that that's part of the story was amazing for me. And by while doing Pan Am's storyline, then you start to really experience Johnny's storyline and and to see the the growth and the character shift and change from this brash, arrogant dickhead to this humbled, understanding, learned, appreciative of what he has, simp, gonk. It's crazy because you think he's just this brash rock star who doesn't give a fuck about anything or anyone, even the ones he's closest with. He doesn't seem to care about them enough. I mean, like, that's very apparent with Rogue and Carrie. And, I mean, Rogue would have done anything for him. She did do anything for him. She almost died. She almost gave her life away for him. And yet, for some reason, that wasn't enough for him in the beginning when he comes back. it's It blows my mind because it's like, dude, like, what did you not understand that this girl was willing to give you and to see him grow and change and to realize through your help as V this, this character, this character relationship that's in your head is one honestly for the ages, because I thought it was such a good, I thought it was so good. I thought it was such a good combination. And, and uh, I want to say that there was just, it was just such a redemption story for Johnny and but then you have this ultimate decision that changes the course of everything and 
it just again it feels this is the theme of night city you don't get second chances and if you do someone's has to die for it and that's that's just the way it's going to go now we can i can go on and talk about more about these characters that i really loved and appreciated but i i i want to make sure that you guys are understanding that like these are the things of a game that really make me find myself inside of it and feel a part of it because you feel a part of this world it's the immersive perspective for us and this is what we care about here at the tavern right we love immersion we love immersion gameplay i love watching uh, and playing these kind of games because it's just like you buy in and you buy all in and i don't think i would have appreciated that if the game was full of bugs because i'm sure there would have been moments that would have taken me away from like impactful scenes impactful conversations and i mean that that would have really broken my immersion and broken my whole view of this game because i can't enjoy it to the fullest so if you're on the on the verge of like hey maybe i should go back maybe i should play it uh maybe it's a little spoiled whatever not really not not yet at least because i would stop listening to it right now because i'm gonna get into the end here um, but it's, it's definitely worth your time to go back and play it again or, and to pick it up, to do it again, all over again. If you haven't played this game before, because as a, as a shooter, it's impactful and it feels heavy. And I love when a game feels, you feel the weight of the shot or you feel the weight of the combat. And this game definitely has that. And as a shooter, it, I feel like it's a little underrated because it's actually a really fun shooter. Because uh, just the from the guns, the combinations, the weapons, uh, just the overall things you can do, it's a lot of fun, honestly. And there are so many, so many other things in the world, like the side missions, the side quests, the gigs, uh, the cyber psychos, stuff like that. Like you can do all these things and really experience something that you may have never, uh, maybe n didn't approach it in a certain way or whatever. Like you can do so many different things, and it really is a lot of fun honestly, because like Night City is yours to explore. Uh, so you can take full advantage of that. And I think one of the cooler moments, one of the one of the best moments for me in that in the game was I was at some um, boutique in downtown in the Corpo district. And all of a sudden, this cyber cycle walks in and he just like goes ham on one of the bodyguards, starts shooting up the place and you know, my character has to react quickly. So I, I burn him out like synopsis, uh, like, like uh, synopsis burnout. Uh, then I, uh, and then I uh, malfunction his weapon. And then I'm able to like put a couple rounds in him and, and I put him down basically. And then the SWAT team arrives or, or whatever their, their big SWAT team is called. They come in and they start talking to me. And then one of the ladies who's there, she's like one of the lead swap members she's like she's like so you did some nice work there killing that cyber psycho she's like how did you feel when you did it and i'm like what do you mean how do i how do i feel like killing another gonk is just it's unfortunate that he's a, that whatever he went through he it just snapped she's like nah you liked it that's good work you did you felt every little bit of what you did when you killed him she's like maybe you should join me join us and come to find out that she was a cyber psycho herself and that most cyber psychos, which is what we're trying to figure out in the game a little bit, 
is to how to make them not feel so detached from the world or to feel so desperate because that's what a cyber psycho is cyber psycho is someone who has been who's been chromed to hell or the chrome that they're using is just starting to malfunction their brain and that they can't cognitively think for themselves anymore they're just they're acting off of pure reaction at that point and it's hard to bring a cyber psycho back to um, I guess to normal mode, if you will, to 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 readapt them to regular society after they snap. However, there was one, and she was that one, and so you find that playing the game, and and just it was moments like that that are like, man, that that's crazy, like that is so cool, because it it again it makes the world feel like it's alive, because people are trying to solve the psych cyber psycho problem. But they're also trying to maybe understand and keep some of it on the hush hush and maybe even just manipulate what a cyber psycho is. Because after all, Adam Crusher is on the verge, on the tier of a cyber psycho. And whatever he is, whatever he isn't, well, he's definitely used for military purposes and for, hey, destroying kill, seek and destroy kind of thing. And that's his that's his thing now because that's all he's good for at this point and kind of going back to edge runner you get that concept in that tv show as well or in that series you get the concept that cyber psychos or cyber psychosis is a spiraling downhill and and it's not fun and it's not pretty because you will kill those you love those you trust and ultimately yourself and there's no coming back from that. And it's uh, it's a really sad way to, to go. And as you kind of solve these cyber psycho missions, you read and understand how desperate some of them felt or how scared some of them felt that they felt that their only option because they weren't getting help from either the government or from the city officials or from the NCPD or whatever, that this was their only option was to take matters into their own hands, chrome themselves up, or to use tech that they're not supposed to be using or that they know is not they're not capable of running at a perfect temp or whatever, and they just go they go ballistic on themselves and on other people, and that's it. That's game over. You're done. Another, another one bites the dust in the city of Night City, and it just kind of is it's really sad Like when you think about it. But like I said, I'm going to go ahead and finish off this this podcast here. So I'm going to go ahead and say for those of you who don't want to hear the end, go ahead and stop it here. And if you are stopping in here, thank you so much for listening. Thank you for tuning in for this very long overdue podcast. And uh, hopefully we will start getting back to these once more. And uh, we'll see you next time. But if you're sticking with me here, let's kind of get back into another reason why I love this game. So Cyberpunk 2077 has this beautiful crescendo it it's one of those moments where it's like all right cool like here this is the point of no return do you want to stick into the world and you want to kind of do your other things you want to go hang out with pan am for a little while longer do you want to go see some of your buddies that you have made friends on the streets uh do you want to do some more gigs do you want to go do some more cyber psycho missions do you want to like explore buy clothes whatever like it asks you hey you have one last shot to do what you want to do before the end 
do you want to do that? So my first time reading that, I was like, no, I'm, I'm not. <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and take my time here and go back. But we uh, went to LAN two weeks ago at uh, LAN All Night, which was always fun. Um, I, I'm so glad that they're getting bigger and uh, growing more and more every year. So shout out to the, to the guys at LAN All Night, the LAN Fest chapter here in the DFW area. Um, and that's all I played. All I played was, cyber, was cyberpunk. I played a little bit of Magic, which I'm not going to talk about that right now. Uh, Magic the Gathering Arena. Uh, but I went back and I played Cyberpunk 277 because uh, I was like, I'm finishing it this weekend. And I did. <laughs> and uh, man, playing that game, going to the end of that game, there was always a moment in a video game where you know like you're, you're reaching the snowball the vertex, the snowball vertex where everything's about to fall downhill and there's nothing you can do but just continue and go and go and go until the end of the game. Well, that's what happens with Cyberpunk 27.7 and you're given some options. And the cool thing about this game is that it has all these various of endings. So you may not get the same ending as somebody else and depending on your relationship with Johnny Silverhand, uh, which it was very... I tried my best to... Before I even knew about his secret ending, I tried my very best to give Johnny what he wanted because I felt that he was rehabbing himself, that he was coming back to reality and starting to appreciate things more. So I tried to give him more of what he wanted uh, towards the end. So I ended up having about 60% uh, approval of Johnny. We still got into a lot of fights and arguments internally, but I think for the most part when it was face-to-face, Johnny Silverhand and V, uh, my V, got along very well. Uh, at least they, they found a mid-ground. And 60% is probably the mid-ground when you think about it. And you're finishing the game. There's a whole crescendo. Uh, uh, Goro dies. And you have to make a deal with Hanako. And Hanako is the sister of the guy who killed uh, his fa- the father in the prologue mission of I forget the name of the of the big corpo business now um, I forget the big corpo business but she's a corpo and so basically she tells you that there's going to be a, there's two things to do here she goes one I know that he killed my father my father didn't trust him and nor nor do I but we have to take this we have to do this um the corpo way which is very quiet very nonchalant behind closed doors and make through shitty schemes and shitty deals and that's what she wants to do of course i didn't want to do any of that because johnny is on the other side of things he's like look man he's like don't trust this girl don't trust this one we can do this shit ourselves like we have connections we can do this on our own like we can do this fuck it let's do this gonk and i'm like all right well, let's see our options kind of thing. And depending on the friendships you make and the relationships you pursue, uh, you can call Judy, you can call Pan Am, you can, you can probably call Carrie. I don't know if that's a thing. Uh, if you romance Carrie, I assume that maybe you can. Um, or you can call Rogue through Johnny. Uh, or you can just, if you're getting the secret ending, which is the Johnny ending, which is you and Johnny ending, uh, you say, fuck it. 
we're going to go do this thing Rambo style. And we're going to go into that corporal building. We're going to go to Hanukkah. And we're going to blow every fucking person out of the way. Kabo- uh, not Kabuki style, but uh, Mikoshi style. And we're just going to go and tear this shit apart. Because that's what we want to do. We want to go to Mikoshi. And that's what you learn. You learn that there is... You learn that the company, which I need to... Let me look this name up real fast. Oh, okay. Yeah, there you go. So you find out that you have to go to Arasaka. And you have to take down Hanako. And you have to take down all these other things. And Johnny's all on board with like, fuck it. Let's go to Arasaka. Let's burn this shit to the ground. Let's do this Mikoshi style. Because you find out that Arasaka has been making has been doing this really dirty skeevy deal behind closed doors, which is taking people's engrams or their, their biochips and locking them away in a secluded part of the dark web, essentially. And all these personalities, these AIs, these people, their lives, their thoughts, their minds, their their memories, everything, their whole personality is locked away in this almost like virtual cyber jail prison. And it's just this horrible thing. And the codename for it is Makoshi. And that's where that's that's where Johnny was placed in Makoshi. Because he was such a threat to Arasaka. That they wanted him, they wanted his biochip, they wanted his ingram because they didn't, he didn't deserve to die. So they wanted to lock him away in this prison, this virtual prison, to stay there forever. But because you are Johnny and Johnny's you, Johnny has connections with an old girlfriend and I forget her name. Um, and she has a, she has learned how to go beyond the wall of Makoshi, uh, of that, of her prison, if you will. And to break down Makoshi from the inside. She's got a virus. She's got a malware. And she wants to install that. But she doesn't really tell you the whole story. She doesn't really tell you how it's going to affect you or anyone else. She's just trying to blow it down as well. But she's kind of giving you ultimatums. And that's it. That's all she has for you. So you kind of have to come to conclusion of, of what you want to do. Either way, you want to burn down Makoshi. And that's the whole point. You want to tear down Arasaka because if you tear down tear down Aras- Makoshi, you hand for hand tear down Arasaka, because Arasaka is, is at a current war, a silent war with Militech, uh, over the technology and the way the money flows in this world. So, the secret ending is you and Johnny go out in a blaze of glory. You go to Arasaka Tower, you fuck everyone up, you blow everything to shit. You upload the virus to Makoshi, and you die. That's it. Nobody gets harmed. All the people you love stay where they are. It is the best ending you could possibly get. Because if you care about the people that are around you, none of them get harmed. And they all get to live their lives the best way they they can. Which is in Night City. And hope that they stay out of trouble enough that nothing ever happens to them that is the happiest ending there is a there are a couple of other endings that are maybe not as impactful uh, there is one really depressing ending which is the corpo ending 
And the corpo ending is if you decide to team up with Hanako and to take down her brother. It's a peaceful coup that stops him. And But you don't destroy Makoshi because it turns out that her father is actually in Makoshi as well. And because they want to eventually bring him back through kind of like how they're doing, how Johnny Silverhand is taking over V's body. They want that to happen with her father and her brother's body. That's something that they want. If I understand that correctly, because I watched it, uh, that's what's happening, that they want to bring her father back. Hanako wants to bring her father back. And the only way to do that is by keeping Makoshi around. So in order, they make a deal to kind of peacefully coo out her brother and he does. He comes willingly. It's kind of boring because he doesn't deserve it. And as a corpo, you make the deal. You have a two, you have a deal to be made. It's like, hey, man, look, you're dying. There's only two options you can do. You can live for six months and make it the best six months you have. Or you can donate yourself, your engram, your biochip, your personality. Because we're going to wipe V. We're going to wipe Johnny Silverhand from your body. We're going to wipe him from your body, from your brain, from your memory, from your bio. And we're going to keep your bio. And we're going to put it into Makoshi. And when the time comes, maybe we can bring you back. But we need to study you more. It sounds like a good deal. But they hold on to you for a couple of months. Because they're studying you. And inside, you're just going crazy. And they're just running test after test after test on you. And they basically turn against you. They're using you at this point. And at the end, when you feel completely helpless and hopeless, and you've lost everything, you lost every connection, every friendship, every relationship, everything you've ever had in Night City is completely gone. Like, no one cares about you anymore because you're dead to them. Once that happens, they give you the ultimatum. Either die or donate your body to Makoshi. Or donate your engram to Makoshi. Makoshi. And when you do that, it is a saddest ending because V ultimately ends up just dying alone in a essentially a padded wall cell. And that's it. Corporals win. Like Johnny always said that they would. Until someone stands against them like Johnny Silverhand tried to do so long ago. And then there's my ending, my Pan Am Aldecado ending. Uh, again, like I said, I fell in love with Pan Am. And I wanted her to have everything that she possibly could have. And knowing that I was dying, my V character was dying, and knowing that Johnny also had his want to maybe recompense for what he's done I wanted more for Pan Am to have her best life so I did what I could so that Pan Am could have that moment and so I team up Pan Am and we storm the outside uh, construction area of Arasaka Tower uh, with the Aldecados and we storm this area we take down some of these like damn like entryways we go underground we go through tunnels and we eventually find our way into Arasaka Tower we avoid all the the combat up top and we're basically just sneaking through and when we sneak through 
we find our way to Makoshi to upload the, the, the malware. But by doing all this, we have to kind of block Johnny because Johnny's going to maybe take, try to take us another route. So we have to take a pill that blocks Johnny from kind of giving me any input, which makes me feel really, feel really sad because at one point when I'm when you're near death, uh, Johnny's like, what do you want to do, man? Like, do you want to do this? Do you want to let me take over? Do you want me to do this? Or do you, are you going to do this for yourself? What do you want to do? And the decision is to be made that, hey, man, I'm going to go and let Pan Am live her best life. I'm going to give her the best six months I possibly can because she means more to me than you do. And it's not that I don't love you, Johnny Silverhand, but it's that I love her more. And you have had your chance. I've had my chance. I helped you make things better. I need to make things better for her before I go too. That's the way I thought about that. So when I did that, this is what we did. So we go to Makoshi, and it's me, it's me and the avocados, Pan Am, and Sal. And Sal and all of us, we're, we're trying to break into the end part of Makoshi. And then all of a sudden, Adam Smasher shows up. Adam Smasher is the, is the hired goon for, for Arasaka, who is the on the verge of becoming a cyber psycho giant individual from edge runner uh who kills david in edge runner so sorry if you didn't know that <laughs> uh i accidentally said that um he comes in and he completely just destroys sal i mean like he just stomps on his head and just completely just blows his brains away and it's that moment of like this is a your boss fight you have to like combat him you have to fight him and when you when you're done fighting him, you upload the malware, and everything just stops, just just wipes out completely, just goes away. And when it all goes away, you come back, and you're with Pan Am. And Pan Am is, she's conflicted because Sal's gone, and but she's also really happy that you're free. Only she thinks you're free. And she's. Also a little conflicted because she's got to move the family of the Aldecados away. So they decide to move to Arizona or New Mexico, I believe, um, or Arizona, one of the two. Uh, and you develop a quick plan to get out of Night City's district, and you do that. Um, and you get away. But you know for a fact that you have six months to live. So it's not like you're going to spend the entire time with Pan Am. Pan Am is going to get the best six months out of you as she possibly can, and she doesn't even know it. You're going to do everything. I'm going to do everything for her so that she can be happy. And she's going to go to Arizona or the Southwest or wherever she's going. She's going to reestablish an Aldecado branch out there. We're going to develop a family. We're going to do all the things we can do together with with, with, the, with the remaining friends of the Aldecados that we still have from the attack on Osaka, and we're going to make this life the best life we can have in six months. And then V is going to die. And that's just the way it's going to be. And it's really sad because it's like it, the end of the game, you're, you're on this tank that you stole from Osaka, and you're like flying because it flies. You're, you're hovering over this like water 
river area, lake area. And you walk out there, your V walks off out of the tank, kind of sits down at the edge, looking over everything. He takes off his necklace that Jackie had and he holds on to it and he looks at it and he's just looking kind of like, what do I do with this? And in that moment, like he realized that he realizes that it's, this is the only thing that's tying him to night city still. And it's time to let that go. And he releases the necklace. Pan Am is there. She's with you. She's holding you arm in arm. And you guys are just essentially driving off into the sunset. And to the new world, to the new life. The credits roll. And then all these hollow calls come in from everybody that you made great relationships with. Talking about how... They hope you're doing well, they miss you, they love you, and to live your best life. And if you're ever in Night City again, come say hi. And as I'm playing this game, there's there's a few games that have made me cry. And Cyberpunk now is one of those games. Set there watching this these hollow calls come in, and all of them are just like telling you all these beautiful things. Even now I'm getting kind of sad. <laughs> And they're saying all these nice things, these beautiful things that you think like with V from his character as a street kid, you know, like you grow into this perspective of like, man, I'm just, I'm a, I'm a fucking loser. Like I'm never going to be anything. Me and Jackie are never going to be anything. And we're willing to risk everything just to, just to get a little bit of fame, just a little bit of power, just to make a little bit of, make a little bit of eddies and eventually that's not enough anymore or that doesn't even matter because then you lose everyone that matters around you and then everyone's lying to you everyone's trying to manipulate one one way or another and the relationship that you had in your head once is now gone and all your friends are either scattered or dead and all that matters is the new life that you can have for six months with Pan Am and the avocados away from Night City because that is the dream, essentially. And that's it. Credits roll. Hollow call stop coming in. Uh, depending on how things go, you may even get a call from Hanako. And game over. The game ends and it's that's it. It's a... It's a definitely a difficult way to end a game because it's kind of, it, it is kind of sad, but at the same time, like I think about it and I'm like, man, that was a really beautiful game. R- uh, Red Dead, uh, Project Red did an amazing job with Cyberpunk 2077. And if in fact there is ever a comeback game of the year and maybe it'll be only available here in the Digitavern, but this is absolutely comeback game of the year for me. This is a beautiful game in its fullest. To appreciate everything that they did with these characters, with the storyline, with the development. I mean, it was amazing. And with the DLC coming out uh, after the new year, I believe, uh, I'm interested to see what this what this really does for the storyline, for the characters, for the plot, um, for whatever. Because playing the game, there there seems like it seems like that DLC could only take place after the fact that Arasaka and Militech have now kind of come to a point of stopping 
this quote unquote shadow war. Because if you go down the route of destroying Mikoshi, Arasaka loses everything. They have no money to their name anymore. I mean, they have something. They have some money, but they're just, they're extremely weakened. And now Militech is the strong powerhouse in the world. And in my mind, that sets up that new government system that they're trying to establish uh, and maybe trying to expose in the new world. uh, For the new world order that is in Cyberpunk. So... I'm really excited to see what that DLC is all about. It will be free as Red Dead, not Red Dead, damn it, as uh, Project Red has come out and said already. So check that out when it does. And that's going to be the podcast. This has been Juani Plays. I have been your host, Juani or JC. You can find me at jwan 14 on Twitter. You can find me on Instagram. You can follow our DigiTavern instagram and uh twitter account that'd be really helpful our website is currently down we're having some technical issues uh but until then please follow like leave a comment on our youtube stuff leave a review on our podcast wherever you listen to your podcast because we're basically available everywhere and uh, thank you so much for listening to the end i know this was a long one but it has been a long time since we've done a podcast of any format. And uh, like I said, thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you for making it to the end. I've been your host. This has been Joanna Plays. This is the Digi Tavern. And we'll see you next time here in the uh, tavern, I guess. (laughs) I'll see you later, guys. Peace.